Welcome to your radio morning show version of At The Buzzer, another podcast coming in from Ralphie Report, your, your source for all your CU Athletics news, needs, and everything in betweens. I'm Jack Barsh, your co-host over there, <clears throat> our other favorite co-host, Sam. Hi, Sam. Hey, how's it going? Did you get your Spotify wrapped? Do you, you get those things? I, Do you use Spotify? I, I, I did. Okay. What was it? What was the top song? The top song was Matondo by Teishi. I Okay. Expand. Yeah, it's it, it, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a it's a Colombian singer who is my favorite in the world, and Matondo is my favorite song by her. So I was very happy with it. Nice. What was your minutes? Yeah. Overall minutes. It was like fifty four thousand, but that was like a huge drop from the past few years because. I started listening to more podcasts, and uh, my work playlists are all on iTunes, and they're not linked to my account. So lame. Yeah, yeah. How about well, you? I uh, I had sixty thousand minutes, I think. Wow. Okay. How I, many of that was Wolfpack? No, they did not make the top five or ten. Wow. I was very I was very impressed with myself. I um, last week the top fifteen songs were literally all from the same band. And this this year, or I said last week, last year, this this year, it was way more varied. It was super exciting. That thing's awesome. More yeah. things should use that. Rep. What was your top band? Uh, same as last year, Arctic Monkeys. There's no other reason oh. for it to change. But yeah, obviously, uh, they did not get a single one of my top five songs. That's oh, that's okay. what I thought was interesting. I think my what was my top song? Oh God, I should know this. Oh, geez, I'm getting it, I'm getting it, I'm getting it. It was Yankee and the Brave by Run the Jewels. Wow, okay. Run the Jewels 4 came out. It was a great album. Everyone listened to it. Um, and I listened to that song 93 times in 2020. Damn, okay. I have not so, listened to that album. Uh, well, it's a great album. It's obviously Run the Jewels is a rap duo, blah, blah, blah. Um. I am struggling to think of a segue. I'm not going to – I don't have one. So, Smoke Bomb, see you football. <laughs> yeah. Uh, three and a half, baby, fall eligible. Like we, everyone uh, predicted. Well, for, for one thing, nobody could have guessed it would be three and oh because we were supposed to have four games so far. <laughs> uh, for another – Damn, it really feels nice to take off two CU or CU's two most difficult games and replace them with just one okay opponent. So going from a likely 0-2 to 1-0 is such a nice little relief. I uh, I don't know. I watching USC play football did not make me think that was a, a guaranteed loss. The, the past few weeks. So, I'm, I'm, I said probable, not guaranteed. And well, I don't think it was a guaranteed loss. Yeah, and Arizona State also didn't look – I mean, what, they have, have played one game, right? They are in real trouble down there. I don't know if they would have been that hard either. But, you know, I'm saying that because CU now has a 3-0 team who somehow did not make it into the, the CFB Top 25, College Football Playoff Top 25. And well, yet, eight, a three and two Iowa. Nobody. Well, oh, 
No one's played anybody. It, outside the top ten this this season, there's a lot of really bad teams, which makes sense. Like when, when yeah, you take fair. away the amount of coaching that you can do and there's a lot of adversity, talent's going to rise to the top, right? But as everyone saw, Washington made it in the college football playoff ranking at 22. USC is still in there. I believe Oregon is still in there. And there is no yeah. reason for any of those player, uh, teams to be ahead of CU in the Pac-12. That's true. That's true. They're all undefeated. Or Oregon lost to Oregon State. That was such a good game. I was so happy. That was a great also, game. So, someone voted Oregon State into the top 25, which is so funny because they're still 2-2, two, two and two, but it was an Oregon State writer, I'm sure. Well, Not really, really excited. 2-2, two and two, but that Washington loss should have been a win. They got completely screwed by the refs. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. And that Oregon win was huge. I, did you watch that game on yeah. Friday? It was a Friday after Thanksgiving. I watched both of those games. Yeah, I watched it with my mom. She's an Oregon fan. <laughs> First, can we talk about that Shelly Smith uh, like anecdote she had about the rivalry? Did you see that? Oh, oh yeah, with like the fans throwing shit at her daughter or whatever. Just super casually, she just mentions, yeah, this rivalry is pretty heated. Someone threw a block of ice at my <laughs> my niece. <laughs> and then she goes, oh, she wasn't knocked out, but she was woozy. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> that is not a charming anecdote about how heated this rivalry is. Someone physically assaulted your niece. I think it's plenty charming. Oh, man, that was just wild. Oh God, um, and the fog on that game, and then also we they lost connection to the cameras, right? Or that a different? That was the Utah game. Uh yeah, I didn't watch the Utah game. I'm smart. Well, anyways, uh, all of this led up to a crazy week. You know, CU is supposed to play USC on Thursday. Comes out the USC can't play that game. Rick George is back channeling with the Pac-12, and I guess San Diego State was ready and willing to take that place. So. Despite both of them being in Southern California, they both flew out to Boulder to play the game, thanks to the Pac-12's protocols. Um, and it was sloppy. It was sloppy. It, that game looked, looked like they had two games, two days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that 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 type of game will favor the defense because they don't really have to prepare as much. It's gonna lead to. I mean, it looked like CU's players just weren't on the same page at all. The offensive line was fine, but like Neuer was out of sync completely. The that was a pretty bad interception on the pick six. That was a really bad interception. And I, it yeah. sounds like they moved the ball on the first drive really well, and that's about it. Um, give let's give. Well, I mean, credit the rest of the rest of CU's offense was honestly just like Jarek Broussard big run, and then he ended up like like once CU had the lead, the twenty to ten lead they went backwards every single play then punted and it should not have taken that long. And I think I think Broussard had like six carries for minus eleven yards in the fourth like in his <laughs> last six carries. Yeah, you know, let's give credit also. San Diego State is a really good defense and they have been for years. Um they've played some pretty bad teams this year, but also some pretty good teams, at least offensively. Nevada's a really fun offensive team. Um <laughs> San Jose State. San Jose State. Brent Brennan. Yeah, they're they're undefeated right now. Yep. Hawaii is has some has some firepower. Not a lot, but some. And (laughs) 
you know, San Diego State has a solid defense. They were in the top five in a bunch of categories. A lot of that's, you know, like I said, they aren't playing the best teams, but they have good talent. And I think I'm going to disagree that the offensive line was good or fine. Um, oh, I think, no, I, I, I didn't actually think that. I meant, yeah. Well, there's a lot of injuries that CU dealt with. Colby Purcell out again at center. We don't know the status for this week. They're playing a guard converted at center um, who did fine against Stanford, to be fair. But I think San Diego State, they play a 3-3-5, which is a hard scheme anyways to prepare for. And past that, I think they did a good job slanting their defensive linemen. So these, their DL wasn't that huge, but they would constantly just try to shoot the gap in between the center and the guard, and it worked way too many times. Yeah, well, the, the bright side is that Arizona – just got mauled by UCLA. And that UCLA team is not as good as the we maybe they're better than I think they are, but their defensive line and offensive line are not as good as CU has. So it's a little concerning that Arizona just gave up like three hush three hundred rushing yards to UCLA. Yeah, I I don't think that don't that CU's gonna have another problem like that because that's a that's something you can do when you, when the offensive line has a day to look at, uh, you know, I guess film on the defense. So I think this is a game where you just take the win, you take the ball, and you move on. Like, I, I don't think we yeah. should really look into the offensive struggles. It wasn't pretty, but, boy, they were the most vanilla offense possible. So it's like, eh. This sucks, but we'll see. I'm, I'm going to give Shiv another week, and if it's bad next week, then we might have an issue. But whatever. We beat San Diego State, yeah. who's a solid team. Move on. I'm, I'm, I'm fine just looking past the offensive struggles. Do you want to talk at all about how good Nate Landon was? Uh, well, I mean, everyone saw his accolades. He's on the Buckus semifinalist. Bronco Nagurski Player of the Week. Back 12 player of the week, which I believe that means every week that CU has played, they've had at least one player of the week on offense or defense. I, yep. Someone can fact check me. Um, no, they have. I mean, he's going to leave. It sucks that he's going to leave after this year, but absolutely go get the money, please, because that dude – I mean, in, in the early 2000s NFL, that's like one of the highest played players on the team. Unfortunately, the game has changed, but God, <laughs> there's just something beautiful about watching him discard like and not even look at offensive linemen just know where the hole is and plant the dude in the ground he is such a joy to watch right now i'm really happy too with like terrence lang is looking like a star right now too he was blowing things up on san diego state's offensive line yeah something i keep coming back to because i I've pass rush has been kind of there for cu not really um especially without blitzing I keep coming back to the potential we had to have a pass rush third da- third and long. We stop a nose tackle, Alfano and Lang at the defensive end spots. And I was like, God, that if you add Alfano to this front seven, I do I don't I mean, one of the it's already probably the best in the Pac twelve or top two, top three. Definitely yeah. would have been number one if if you had a, a team like that, a player like that. Well, wishful thinking. Yeah, and it's still good. So, I mean, Nate Lamon is amazing, and uh, <laughs> so is, is a lot good, of other really well Carson Wells is – and you know what? Here's the other thing that's crazy. Isaiah Lewis, out of nowhere, 
out of nowhere. He's really good. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm a little surprised because a certain player's mom was talking shit about number 23 after the first game. It was really funny. Yeah, they didn't necessarily like how he played run defense. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, I, he's moving to the ball. He's flying around out there. So, anyways, flush SDSU up next on Saturday. Hope to God. Um, today's Thursday when we're recording, and there's really been no news, negative news about either team on coronavirus front. But well, there's been negative news on Arizona players opting out, regardless. Oh, we're, we're gonna. I'm gonna get into that. Don't you worry. Um, <laughs> Arizona is the next CU opponent. They are. Oh man, what are they? Zero and two. Zero and three. Zero and three. So and, they they lost to UC, USC on a last-minute touchdown. Yep. That was in their opening week. And then they were down 37-0 to Washington before they scored 24 garbage-time points to make it 44-24. And then they just lost to UCLA 27-10, and they had 300 yards total offense. Yeah, they – um. I mean, Grant Cannell left, I believe, the UCLA game, right? He got hurt on, like, the first or second drive or even play. Yeah, no, he threw one pass, completed yeah. it, hurt his shoulder. But uh, that Washington game, I mean, the score is 44-27 and oh. all 27 of those points in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was complete garbage time. So, I <sighs> – you know, that they were completely shithoused by why Washington. Um, Kevin Sumlin has now lost 10 straight games. Do you want to guess the last team he beat? See you. Yeah. In Boulder with Khalil Tate. Uh, and do you want to guess who started at safety in the second half of that game for CU? Sam Neuer. Sam Neuer. <laughs> I remember this game well. I was in the box in the, on press row, miserable. Yeah, that was freshman KJ Trujillo, I believe, was the only guy that had played any secondary before that. Anyways, Arizona's yeah, looking was pretty bad. And as you mentioned, morale seems to be low over there because there are now quite a few players that have opted out um, past their preseason opt-outs, which was also a pretty big hit for them, um, including one or two starters. So or, I, eh, people that have played, I wouldn't say starters. People have played quite a bit of snaps. So yeah, um, I think they're down to six scholarship players in the secondary, and that's for four positions. Yep, Bobby Wolf, who was one of, I believe, Demetrius Martin's best recruits at Arizona, um, the current CB coach at CU, just opted out. So they are um, – it looks like a sinking ship. I don't know if it is, but it 10 straight losses, players leaving early, can't get a win on the board. That USC game, that was the best chance. And Grant Cannell moved the ball well against USC, but we don't know if he can play against CU, and he might be limited. Um, I'm pretty sure he's out. Which means the freshman quarterback, or what's his name? Give me his name. Will Plummer, right? Yeah. Not related to Jake Plummer. Um, <laughs> is going to get the start, and he looked pretty bad <laughs> against a UCLA defense that CU fans know is pretty much wet tissue paper. Yeah, he was absolutely horrendous. Like, 17 of 35 passing, missing receivers that were wide open, throwing off his back foot. He was really sketched out by the pass rush. Ends it up, yeah, 
like, yeah, two interceptions, one of which was just an atrocious ball. He overthrew the receiver by, like, 15 yards <laughs> right to the safety. It's going to be nice, and I, you know, I refuse to say that it's going to happen, but the thing that's been nice looking at Arizona this week is they could have – you know, prime 2011 time Tom goddamn Brady on that team, and it wouldn't do as much damage that as Khalil Tate did the past three years. It it literally does not matter who they have in quarterback. If it's not Khalil Tate, they cannot do better at that spot against CU. So the fact yeah, that – Yeah, let's I'm, recap that he had his three career best games all against CU. I mean, he broke the rushing record for a quarterback. I think that last year he did not miss a pass in the second half because he could just line up, throw a screen, and win. Um, you know, it, anyways, it's going to be nice to go from the biggest possible threat to see you uh, at quarterback to maybe a benefit. Maybe see you can pick on him a little bit, especially if they can get some uh, pass rush. Let's see. 327 rushing yards and four touchdowns. And a passing touchdown. Oh, one incompletion in his, his debut against CU. So, yeah, so 12 of 13 passing for a touchdown and then 327 rushing yards and four touchdowns. Then he had five passing touchdowns against CU the next year. And then he had uh, three passing touchdowns and 400 yards against CU last year. His best game of the year. All By three far. Years. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so – the other, I mean, Arizona has some offensive firepower. Jamari Joyner is a really fun player outside. Uh, Gary Brightwell at running back. They always seem to have good running backs down there. Not great, but good. J.J. Taylor, I think, is gone, but Gary Brightwell. Yeah, he's gone. Um, the issue, though, is that their their offensive line has been a little bit out of whack. Well, they've, they, they've had to they, shuffle. <laughs> yeah, they've definitely had to shuffle because they're, they're starting like a freshman walk-on or whatever at left tackle. And they were getting beaten up by UCLA. Yeah. Donovan Lay is really good at guard, but that's only one guy. Yeah, and we should note that that UCLA defensive line got tossed around by CU. Yeah, when CU can have an offensive line, their full offensive line, it's dominant. And I think – or we've seen it be dominant this year. And even when it's not a full offensive line, when when you put Kerry Kutch at center, at least against Stanford, they did a great job creating holes for the running team. I mean, Will Sherman is just constantly great uh, on that left side, and they have a pretty good punch. Phillip is Frank Phillip has been more solid than expected on the other side. Anyways, I think CU could push them around a little bit on the defense. Absolutely. Um, the main guy I'm always scared of on that team is Bryce Walma at tight end. He's been there for four years, and he's, he's killed CU a few different years. He's the type of tight end that's big enough and athletic enough to where CU might have to put a guy like Lamin on him because there's no one else that can cover him. Um, and we saw that UCLA exploit their really good tight end against CU um, in the first game of the year. Yeah, well, CU was also blitzing with nobody guarding the tight end. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Darian, Dorian Thompson-Robinson found success just chucking it down the middle of the field and that guy picking it off. And to be fair, he has been – killing other teams too he is not a bad tight end i'm trying to remember his last name it's it's like jurgens or something but um dolchich yes dolchich uh I also we should also say that ucla just tossed around arizona and that was without dtr like he, he was out for covid protocol well, so they're using a backup quarterback but it's that backup quarterback i mean he also ruined oregon chase dixon i think and he's 
really good. Uh, no, Chase, Chase Griffin, but Chase Griffin. Yeah, God! yeah, I'm close every time. He he's not a very good passer. I'll say that. Also, I don't know what you're talking about with Oregon because he threw two interceptions. He was marching down the completion. field, getting ready to win in that last. If if UCLA didn't throw a pick six before halftime, they beat Oregon. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyways, Oregon Arizona offense I think has has some talent, but um, the offensive line, like you said, is pretty suspect. And, and they're not going to be good if they're starting Plummer at quarterback. Right, and like I would say again, they don't have Cleo Tate. Huge negative. <laughs> <laughs> um, on defense, they have. I think they're still a little undersized. They have a giant guy in the middle. Um, Miles Tupasoa that I've seen a few times. He's six six foot flat, a little shorter, three fifty. Um, you will see him. And they have Jason Harris, his older brother, Jalen Harris, who's a retro junior, who's who's their best consistent pass rusher. Um, I would say. And they have a talented secondary, I think. Christian Roland Wallace is really good. Bobby Wolf, who just, like I said, opted out, is pretty good. And Lorenzo Burns. One time CU commit five years ago, one of the Mac, Mike McIntyre specials, uh, has been really solid at the other cornerback spot. There's no one here to be that scared of. <laughs> I think no. that's the main thing. Is There's no one here where I'm like, oh, God, watch out for him. Do you, you're, you're pretty comfortable projecting a win? Yeah, I am. Um, it's on the road. CU doesn't do that well on the road, but, you know, what's the home – field advantage they're not even allowing any fans in the stadium this year yeah we also i mean just beat stanford on the road right well then i mean they're used to not playing with fans um <laughs> the line it started at three and a half moved up to seven real quick it's at six and a half seven right now um i just looked at s&p plus and even though s&p plus does not like us this year because a lot of what they're doing is recruiting rankings as an advanced analytic system, they're projecting CU beats Arizona by eight points. So they're saying, take that back, yeah, it's take like the a CU 68, side. Like a 68% win percentage they have, too, for CU. I think Arizona is, is missing some of that high-end talent. Um, I think they aren't as solid on the lower end as, as Stanford was. So comparing UCLA and Stanford, they don't have some of those crazy Dimitri Felton game-breakers. I think Jamar Joyner is really good at, at wide receiver. And they don't have that baseline physical talent that I think Stanford has. So, I, I don't know. I, I think CU should be able to, to run the ball consistently against Arizona. Um, and that is going to – I mean, when CU runs the ball well, they win. And I think that we've seen that a lot this year. Carl Durrell has the one of the highest run percentage um, offenses in the country. So you run the ball a lot. <laughs> so if that works, then they're going to win. Yeah, I, I think that that same thing. I think if the offensive line is as good as they – I mean, if they're better than last week, they're going to roll to a win. I feel like they're going to rush for, like, over 250 yards. And that's not even to say anything about their depleted secondary. I think it's like a, it's going to be, like, a at least, like, a 13-point win. Yeah, it's a shame that we don't have Brady Russell in this game. I think Brady Russell would have been a really, really nice option just to real quick get five or six yards, block a few guys, five or six yards, whatever. But um, in his stead, you know, C.G. Schmansky wasn't that bad, I thought, against San Diego uh, State. He was, he was 
he was okay. He, well, I think I think Brady Russell is legitimately good. I think he is a what's yeah. the baseball term? He has he offers some wins above replacement or value above replacement or whatever. Yeah, see, I see Schmansky is very much a replacement level tight end in every way. Well, I no disrespect. I just he is a walk on. Good. Yeah, he he is ag- yeah. he's blocking solidly. I think for a walk on tight end. And he's not going to have the athleticism that other like Bryce Walmart for Arizona might have. Um, in his stead, I you know I looked like CU targeted Katie Nixon a little bit too much. I thought on on Saturday, I would hope that they go back to Demetri Stanley, Levante Chenault, Brandon Rice, get all those guys in the mix, add some Maurice Bell back in, and just abuse the middle of the field. I think it's going to be pretty open, especially on those quick slants. I think Sam Noyer is really good at looking in the middle of the field. Um, I don't think I need more like, Stanley. Crazy. Stanley's better than Katie Nixon, for sure. Well, I think Stanley's the best receiver on the team, and I don't think it's that yeah. close. I think he yeah. has game-breaking speed. His hands are disgusting. Um, he gets open <laughs> early. So disgusting that's a good hands. Mix. I didn't – yeah, I am so happy that he was my breakout pick. Him and Carson Wells my breakout pick, so I'm happy about yeah, that. Yeah, Carson Wells yeah. has been way better than I expected. Um, so what's your final score prediction? Yeah, I think CU wins – Oh, boy. I'm going to go – I mean, Carl Durrell, like you know, is going to get the lead and shut it down. So, I think if yeah. he gets to 30, I'm going to say they get to 30 points. Uh, and I'm going to say Arizona gets to 20. 20. I'll, go, I'll go 30. I was going to say – I was going to say 31 to 20. Okay. Well, so awesome. We're on the same page here. I, uh, I don't know. I, it's really hard for me to look at Arizona. And, and I'm sure – on the other side, this is what other people thought about CU for a long time. I just don't see enough talent for me to project a, a win for them. It's hard. I think yeah. Jamar Joyner is the best player on the team. He's really athletic on the outside. But, um, you know, Christian Gonzalez is doing okay there. And I think that having one player who's a wide receiver be your best player, as CU showed, uh, is not a way to win games. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's all- you can score fourth quarter points like that. But yeah, these are, I'm getting some serious John Embry vibes out of the Arizona roster. I mean, it looks you like they're their playing games right before you recorded this, right? Yeah, it looks like they're playing Parker Orms at safety. Oh, God. <laughs> at least I didn't say Arthur Jaffe again. The second straight podcast, his name comes up. And there it is. Well, and you did say it. So <laughs> nice workaround. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think anything other than a CU win is a disappointment, but I think it's also important to keep context. CU already has a bowl game under his like oh, yeah. in his first year, already confirmed they're bowl eligible. Now we're, we're that, coming for the Pac-12 South now. Exact. Well, that is the next goal, right? And uh, unfortunately, like every single bowl game that Pac-12 is associated with is getting canceled this year, which sucks. Um, there's like three or four left, so CU has to be in one of the top teams. <laughs> to get into a bowl game so uh keep doing that please um let's turn our attention to basketball which also had a pretty good week and then a really bad start to this week (laughs) yeah so they demolished south dakota which was pretty obvious because south dakota is just small and not very good at basketball yep and then they struggled with kansas state early as you pointed out on twitter it looked like they were just struggling that Kansas State was athletic and big and that they couldn't just bully them like they were South Dakota. Then they adjusted, figured it out. McKinley Wright had to step up again, and then they rolled to a pretty easy 18-point win. 
Yeah, let's – I mean, and the other thing that starts against Kansas State is um, that was the start of the, the true contact tracing problems that CU basketball had. So Deshaun Schwartz wasn't available for either game. He ended up testing positive, and we hope that he is getting better. Uh, last we heard, he had very mild symptoms. So hopefully that continues and he is recovered. However, he also apparently had close contact with Tristan De Silva and Keyshawn Bartholomew. Bartholomew, who was the second ball handler against South Dakota. So with those two teams, they're both, all three players were going to play a lot, and all three players weren't available for Kansas State. So what it looked I don't like, think De Silva was going to play a lot, but yeah. You say that? He played, what, 20 minutes against South Dakota? Uh, with Alger Schwartz yeah. there? And yeah. I mean, we can get into it, but anyways. I think a lot of that was because it was a blowout, but. Yeah, so it was, I mean – this wing looked rough against Kansas State. Every time anyone not McKinley Wright had the ball, it was really shaky because Kansas State was pressing the ball really hard. Um, and, I mean, Maddox Daniel started. Eli Parquet yeah, they, started. Well, they kind of ran a lot of the first half offense through Maddox Daniels, and that was Good mostly God. disastrous because he I, really likes chucking shots. I mean, someone had to take the shots, and he decided that was him. And sometimes he decided that was him really early in the in the shot clock. Yeah, I was losing yeah. my mind on a lot of those uh, shots because they were rough. But you know, whatever. See, you figured it out. Uh, there's a lot of guys that came up big in that game. Obviously, the biggest one of both. I mean, let's just stop beating around the bush. McKinley writes an All-American point guard, and it's really easy to win games against worse teams when you have an All-American point guard. That's yeah, basically I what am it is. Definitely, I'm definitely sketched out right now how dependent they look on McKinley. Like, well, they have two players who can dribble the basketball, one player who can go get his own offense. Well, without Schwartz, that is. That's the thing. is You say that, I – I'm less sketched out because obviously we know he's good. He's way better than I was expecting this year. Cause I always, I think McKinley. maybe this is, yeah. And maybe this is unfair, but I think at least he starts years slow. I thought at least his junior and sophomore year, he started those really slow and inefficient. That's because he, he was trying to prove himself to NBA scouts rather than play right. winning basketball. Well, so I was worried about that again this year. It sounds, I mean, no, it's not even a, like close to a problem. He's just toying with people out there, but like you said, Bartholomew is the number two point guard, number two offense maker on the team out. Mm-hmm. And I would honestly put Deshaun Schwartz as the third ball handler over Parquet or other guards. I think Tab Boyle trusts Schwartz to run the offense more than almost anyone else on the team. And when those yeah, two are I agree out, with that. I mean, yeah, you're going to get hurt. Parquet's not – He, you would rather him spot up in the corner and cut to the basket. You don't really want him with the ball in his hands, to be honest. I mean, what he, did against, what he did against Kansas State was perfect. Played really yeah. hard defense, guarded the best guy, uh, ran really hard to transition, got some easy buckets, hit some clutch shots, and uh, moved the ball when he needed to. He really didn't – I mean, that's his role. That's a great role. Yeah, and I, I – that version of Parquet, I was actually super impressed with him. I thought he was the second-best player for CU that game mm. because of how well – Jariah Horn did my... some really good stuff after struggling against Yeah, Alcoa. okay, okay. Yeah, okay. That's fair. That's a good counterpoint. He was huge. Uh, I thought he brought toughness, and I thought he made some hard shots. He was the guy where you say, like you said, there's not a lot of other dudes on this team that you say, go get your own shot. 
he was the guy who's like, okay, I can take this power forward from the from the three, either drive, foul, or get the three off. Yeah, that's fair. I perhaps I was underestimating Horn well, because of how bad he was his first game. But yes, yeah, I think those he, are the top three. A lot better. I think those are the only three, frankly, I want to really mention from the Kansas State game. Yeah, Evan Batty is struggling to finish inside. He's obviously a really good team player, but it kind of sucks that he hasn't become the scorer we thought he might become. It's early. I think he's easing into it. He was fine against South Dakota, uh, and he's still obviously pretty big for moving. That He's a great passer. Um, yeah. I'm just saying as a scorer, I was watching Drew Timmy last night, and I thought, wow, it would be so nice to just have like a big guy who could just turn around and make a layup. But I, it seems like Evan Batty, and it's been a years long thing. His kind of throws it. Yeah, he kind of throws out the backboard and just hopes it goes in. It's kind of frustrating. Yeah, and, and Dallas Walton alternates between having beautiful spot up jumpers and airballing hook shots from the post. <laughs> really, yeah. and, and this is a compliment towards him as opposed to a slight as saying he's the best of the worst. But frankly, uh, Jabari Walker is the best finisher, a big man finisher, and he's really good. Yeah, I, I'm a little less impressed by his inside finishing than oh. you are. He's making some tough finishes. I mean, that and one yes, was hard. He he's also – he's gotten blocked like three or four times at the rim by smaller players. Yeah. I yeah. kind of want him to be more above the rim, but I guess that's not really his play style. So maybe I'm projecting a player onto him that he's not. I mean, he just turned 18. I know. And I, I know. I'm just saying I don't know if I want to say he's the best finisher on the team right now. I don't think he's the best finisher on the team. I think he's the best big guy inside we have on the team. I think Dryer Horn oh. is a little more finesse. Um, like he'll take a step back or he'll do a little fadeaway. I think Jabari Walker, he does what I've wanted big men to do at CU forever, where he did it a few times against Kansas State, and I loved it, where he, he had it at the top of the key, pump faked, rip dribbled, two dribbles, went up. And it's like, it's that simple. Like, just Amari Sonnemeyer it. That's all you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, yeah, that's fun. And uh, I, so, I love that. So the the news of this week. So we were supposed to play at Arizona. Yesterday. Almost surely without Keyshawn Bartholomew, without Deshaun Schwartz, and without Tristan Da Silva. It probably would have been a loss, even though Arizona, we don't really know much about them. Mm-hmm. However, that game has been canceled postponed. or postponed because of – related COVID issues. <laughs> I think that's right now that's that's good news. I'm glad that they're they didn't lose last night. Well, past that, I mean, yeah, we don't want to add the to the infection for either team. So it sounds like CU had another confirmed positive. We don't know who that is. Uh we will find out later this week, obviously, but it sounds like they've limited to just two positives, which is good, and the contact tracing around that has has calmed down. So um it's unfortunate that I kind of wanted CU to play Arizona twice in one week, one in basketball, one in football. It's unfortunate <laughs> that didn't happen, but, you know, that's uh, the, the game, world. The game on Saturday against Washington State is on, though. So it looks like CU got it under control enough to play a game on Saturday. So that's a really good turnaround for them. And, that, that I mean, that should be a win, too, because Washington State, I, I haven't seen them play. I just know they're not 
very good. They just beat Oregon State last night. Um, they have not been very good in the past. They have some decent talent, and Kyle Smith is a really good coach. I really like Kyle Smith. Yeah. Um, but just in terms of talent, you can't lose this game. You can't. <laughs> yeah. Also, Oregon State is probably going to finish 12th in the conference, so I don't want to read too much into that game. Yeah. You no, but it's still. I mean, it's a that was a road win, which. Washington State could probably count on one hand how many road wins they had in conference the past five years. Oh, I think a couple of those were against CU. Hey, <laughs> no, no, no. They never they never won against CU. They got close oh, the George just, King year. Yeah, that was – oh, my God. That George King shot was insane. Um, they also they, – Washington State just lost their best player, C.J. Ellaby. Just yes. got drafted by the Blazers. I don't know why they picked him, but it's whatever. He's not good. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> okay, um, Boyd also got drafted. They have a really fun freshman class. Washington State's a pretty big team. They're pretty tall, uh, and they like to run. Kyle Smith likes to, to try to get them to play good offense. Oregon State slowed them down, and they still won. I think they execute pretty solid, but um, I don't know. I, it, CU has to win this game. It's just if you're going to go to the tournament, beat Washington State at home. End of, the, yeah. end of story. <laughs> and we're, we will see which players they're missing, which players they have back, if anybody. Yeah, I guess if they're losing McKinley, then Matt changes. But um, yeah, yeah. Other than that, like you should be more than fine. I want to see more Jabari Walker early. I think he's earned either a starting role or a, a move with Batty pretty quick. Um, I've been pleasantly surprised. I haven't noticed Dallas Walton being that bad, though he I think grabbed exactly zero rebounds against Kansas State. So yikes. You know, I this team is growing into it. And the thing I keep thinking about, which is not fair because this team this year should be about McKinley, is all these freshmen this year that are playing are freshmen next year. Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. They have a freshman yeah. class coming in next year that is the probably top two, three classes in program history. That mm-hmm. is nine freshmen that are all really exciting. Like, I've yet to see a freshman play where I'm like, eh, about that maybe some Tristan in the Silva on offense he was rough but his defense was super solid yeah uh I would say I had really high hopes for Nate Clifford and he has looked a bit lost I hope that that's the adjustment from Colorado prep basketball to division one college basketball so but you still hope. see the exciting athleticism like like you said he just completely messed up that uh he completely messed up that layup he had against Kansas State and went back on transition defense, hustled back, got the strip on the guy who was going up for the layup. And that's, you know, yeah. like, that's what you want to see when someone messes up. Like, that's – he looks like he's not ready, but um, he still has – he's oozing potential. And Luke O'Brien, yeah, I, man, he was pretty solid in that Kansas State game. Uh, yeah, two things. So, one, Nick Clifford, yeah, he does look good defensively. He, he was a little lost. He's adjusting – I'm okay with that for now. I want to see more offensive assertiveness. Mm-hmm. He looked – he didn't look like he had any confidence when he was playing on, on – I mean, it looked like it looked like that because he didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, also, Luke O'Brien plays with a lot of confidence. He's probably a better all-around player than Maddox Daniels. And if Maddox Daniels shoots 36% from three, whatever, I would rather have Luke O'Brien on the floor shooting 34%. I don't think there's a much – drop off in terms of shooting and he's a better all-around player 
I mean, Maddox Daniels shot one for seven from three last night. So yeah, yeah, a lot of those were really bad shots. I appreciate. I think yeah. I don't know. He on defense too. It's just it's some of the angles he takes are just rough to watch. I don't know. I don't know what to do about the the wing minutes because you're losing two of your best three options with Keyshawn and Deshaun out. Yeah, Parquet also is going to be playing a lot. So you you were saying positively that when Schwartz is back in the lineup, we're not going to see Maddox Daniels for more than 10 minutes a game. And maybe Luke O'Brien takes those minutes from him later on right. in the season. We'll see. That's the thing is I once you get that – I mean, CU has depth, which is why we're seeing them win these games anyways, despite losing three rotation players. But the nice thing about that is when that stuff comes back, you get to be a lot more selective. You get to, you know, rotate it down to eight or seven or eight players. And maybe, you know, if if Schwartz's effort isn't there, which happens sometimes, you can pull him and put in Luke O'Brien or Maddox Daniels for a few minutes, and the same thing goes for them. That's a luxury they just don't have on the wings right now. So, I have a question for you. Okay. Why doesn't Alex Strotting play more? Uh, that is a good question. We saw him against South Dakota, right? Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, the answer is, obviously, I think there's a lot of talent on this team. And I think Alex Strotting got in the last few years when the talent that was there wasn't working that hard. And I think that this year, the talent that is there can be replaced by other talent that's there that might work harder. So maybe that's your answer. Okay. Yeah, I can deal with that. I would like to see him play a little bit more, even even though I'm one of those, like, play the freshman over the right. limited ceiling type of players, I think Strouding deserves more playing time. But we're probably going to see that if CU struggles ever at home. <laughs> that's the thing is we, I mean, we haven't seen anything from Walden or Batty that's not replaceable. And I think Stratton can potentially get some of that to, you know, I guess break up something. And, you know, we, we know he's just gonna, he's gonna sprint wherever he's going. Like he's gonna give the effort. I don't know. I, this team is constructed in a really fun way. And I hope we get to keep seeing, I hope we don't get that many games taken away from McKinley Wright senior year. Yes. I agree with this. Also, a lot of those games are going to be rescheduled. Like Arizona got postponed. CU CSU is off because CSU didn't also get started on their practices. Yep. What? They also, I mean, they're also in COVID trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that game might get pushed back later too. So we will be seeing all these games that are getting canceled, postponed, are going to pop up later on the schedule. Let's just hope that CU has their best team, their players are healthy. And McKinley Wright doesn't catch anything. (laughs) I would honestly just keep McKinley Wright in a room by himself. Just lock the door from the outside, give him food under the door, and make him come out to play basketball. (laughs) I mean, you say a room, why just kick everyone else out of course or whatever they're calling the event center? And (laughs) he lives in there now. That's where he lives. Why don't we just turn the basketball season into a one-on-one competition between – the other team that's player in McKinley, and let's see who wins the most. <laughs> I know, I know, Remy Martin's getting shut down. Oh man, he's his his turn into wider college basketball villain. This happened very quickly this year. It's not it's not wider college basketball villain. It's CU fans hate him because people think he's better than McKinley. I, and 
I mean, he's really good. That's the thing is I don't like this false dichotomy because I really like Remy Martin. I think he's super fun I to know. watch. I think he's really good. It, this always happens. If, if you think a player is worse than your team's player and everybody likes that player, it's like Malcolm Brogdon with the 76ers. 76ers fans hate him because he won Rookie of the Year over Dario Saric, Joel Embiid. And they still hate him, even though he's a really good player. It just happens. Yeah, I guess. Well, uh, I'm going to give you a chance to brag because you actually watched some college basketball this week. Oh, yeah. A rarity. Yeah. Lots of what Texas and Gonzaga. My notes is that I am right on a lot of my breakout picks, which was Joel Ayayi. Yeah. And apparently I've been calling him Ajayi this whole time, which sucks. Uh, I was mixing him up with JJ Ajayi from the Dolphins and yeah, et cetera. Uh, so, yeah, Joel Ayayi has been very good. Kai Jones has missed, like, three shots this entire season in, like, mm-hmm. six games. Shaka so, Smart has I, hair? Yeah, Shaka Smart looks a lot younger than he used to. It's weird. <laughs> um, so, I'm assuming that, that means you watch at least two Bill Walton games so far. Yes. Kai Jones has one missed shot, <laughs> and that's it. Two missed free throws. 43 points and 23 rebounds. That's really good. That's really good. I'm really happy with how he's been. And I like I'm happy. Good Texas basketball. I like good Texas basketball too. I'm glad you said it because we have an Oklahoma fan editor. I'm happy they won the Maui Invitational. Those Rick Barnes teams are some of my favorite teams ever, the Texas Rick Barnes teams. I love those things. Speaking of Rick Barnes teams, how excited are you for Tennessee basketball to resume? Mmm. They lost a lot of my favorite players. Admiral Schofield's gone. Grant Williams is gone. Well, yeah, know. those guys have been gone for a little while. You don't like John Fulkerson? You don't like uh, no. Eve's Ponds. Pond? I like Ponds a lot. Why don't you like Fulkerson? He's like your type of guy. He just posts up, tells people what he's doing and does it. Just give me, just give me some time, man. I haven't, I haven't built up the emotional bond. I haven't been able to play okay. this year. You're also going to like uh, Keon Johnson. He's really big. That's what I like. I watched a little bit of Kentucky-Kansas, which was an affront to the game of basketball, but it was still pretty fun. Ooh, yeah, that was really bad. Isaiah I Jackson watching that. is amazing. Everyone watch Isaiah Jackson. What team? Freshman for Kentucky. He, uh, he's exactly what I want in a big man. He knows exactly what he's good at. He's really good at blocking shots and rebounding, and he puts all of his energy into blocking shots and rebounding. It's beautiful. Kentucky, not Kansas. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay. Um, okay, that was nice. You watched some of those games. Are you excited <laughs> for Gonzaga Baylor? Yeah, I actually didn't know they were going to play tonight. But I am a little disappointed Illinois lost to Baylor. I know Baylor is just so much the better team. And it looked like Illinois, Illinois was kind of swimming up water, just keeping pace. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't surprising to see Baylor pulled away at the end. They're really good. They have such a good defense, and they have all everybody on their team can make shots. It's crazy. Yeah, they are a really well constructed team, and I hate seeing a good Baylor, but that's the way you want to do it, man. They have senior leadership. Everyone tries on defense. Everyone rebounds, shooting, passing. Ugh, it's pretty. And Gonzaga is wow. And everyone watch that game if you can. Yeah, Gonzaga literally. They are. 10 deep on players who would start for CU. <laughs> and CU is a good team. 
Yeah, it's crazy. They probably have two guards that are both better than McKinley Wright, which, like, no other... Oh, I don't know if Nemhard is better than McKinley Wright. Or are you yeah, talking about a Yai? No, they're probably... You're right. They're probably about either one tier of difference or... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Jalen Suggs is definitely better. He's so good. All right. Well, everyone watch that. See you. Plays. On. Okay. Give me a prediction for Washington State. I think CU wins by at least 12 points. I, I don't yeah. think it's going to be close. Yeah. I'm if guessing 82-68. That's a lot of points for CU. Up and down game, baby. Okay. All right. CU plays twice on Saturday. Arizona and football starts at 5. Washington State starts at 2, I believe. Is that right? Yes. Can you cover that game? Um. And that'll do it for us, guys. <laughs> All right, see you, Jake. Next week. Buzz. Buzz.